I'm Mark. And I'm Marshall. And this is the Save Yourself Podcast. A randomized deep dive into the Face Down Records discography. Mm. Episode 42. 42. We're um, starting to hit the stride. Back, back in ye old pod saddle, if you would. Sorry for the uh, week off after the first episode of the year. Um, trying to get a guest host on and schedule conflicts. You know how that shit goes. Yeah, these things happen. Um, but next time we'll be prepared to have a backup episode. Uh, we're learning as we go. Uh, it's definitely worth it, though, to have guests on the episodes. Um, very, very excited for the next one. Um, Same. Honestly, surprised he said yes. Same. Now we I, just got to get them on. I agree. <laughs> we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Along with others. I'm in the works. Sorry, there's husky hair all over my microphone. You don't even have a dog. No, Chris and Kinsley have a dog. And oh, they bring my her goodness. over. And it just... <laughs> dog hair in general gets everywhere, but huskies especially just place their hair everywhere just for you. Yeah, a husky can uh can shed and get inside an airproof bag that's in a box <laughs> that you haven't even untaped yet. But oh my new fucking parka's here. Open box, open bag, already here. <laughs> it's like there's a dog hair in my corn dog. We're getting off subject. <laughs> All right, episode forty two. We're going back to two thousand and six. Two thousand six. Uh not really sure how to pronounce this band's name. I th- I think it's Anamkara. Or Anamkara? Anamkara? Who knows? Anamkara, Anamkara. Claire! Anamkara or Anamkara? Band name. <laughs> Anamkara is what Claire says. <laughs> Album is called Ready to Live. There, is this their second full length? Uh, ooh. I saw I saw they had another full length that came out, I think, in 04. So, by, like, discography records standpoint, is this the second? Um, yeah. Actually, yeah, they did have a one before this. Um, what the hell was it called? Which is kind of hard to believe. Cause oh, like, it was self-titled. Oh, uh, the recording quality, this one, it wasn't bad, um, by like by any means, but it was definitely on the the lower budget side. It was also released on Strike First, as really? it, as this album. Yeah, this is the first I, time I've seen uh, someone release two things through Strike First. Yeah, usually a Strike First and then Face Down. I I would be willing, um, I'd be really intrigued to hear what the first one sounds like, just because this uh, this record kind of sounded like a band's like debut or first record just as far as like the quality for the year because well if I'm, if I'm not mistaken they were all like in their like 16 and 17 uh, when really? they record yeah i mean that's this is a an even better effort than uh if this was made by like kids that young because i mean that's that's impressive like it's high schoolers they were. All, they also were short lived. They were two thousand two to two thousand six. <laughs> like you're saying, not that they passed away. <laughs> <laughs> they all died. <laughs> Let's put out our album, ready to live. Death. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> all right. 
So the album's Ready to Live, released on Strike First Records. 11 tracks, roughly barely over 37 minutes. Yep. Nice length. Nice length. Uh, the band is from Tampa Bay, Florida. And they are like a melodic hardcore metalcore mashup. 2006 core. Yeah. It was engineered by Jonathan Nunez. Nunez? Nunez. <laughs> Mastered by Alan Dushes. Oh, really? Yep. Artwork, guess. Face down, Dave! Why'd you change it to FDD? It used to be DFD. Yeah. He was recorded at Southern Noise Studios in Miami, Florida. On vocals, we have Ashton Goggins. On guitar, Matt Desir. Also on guitar, Octavio Fernandez. Octavio, what a strong name. Who also played with Under Oath for a brief period of time. Really? Mm-hmm. Makes That's sense. That's where I've heard this band name. I've definitely heard... Oh! Okay, I'm back. <laughs> On bass, Alex Zalo. Zalo? Z-A-L-O? Zalo? I don't know. <laughs> and on drums, Tyler Smith. Oh, no brothers in this band. No brothers. I feel like the last couple have definitely been like like two, two brothers. Um, that's very strange, but... It's it's definitely a, a, a more common thing than I thought. I tried to reach out to some of the band members, you know, to ask some questions and whatnot. And I found a Matt Desir that lived in the same area in Florida. And when I asked him if he was the same Matt from this band, he go his response was, "No, that was my cousin. His name is Matt Desir." And I went, I don't know if you're joking anymore. <laughs> and then I just never asked him any questions. I just I just moved on with my life. I was like, nope, done with that. Yeah, because if... He was probably like, people will remember that. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, that was my cousin of the same name. Of the same name. <laughs> same state and everything. We're neighbors. Well, that brings us to the album. The, the deep dive? The old deep dizzle, if you whistle. <laughs> I want to get like a little diving board sound for the start of the deep dive. Ooh, that would be Thoing. nice. Deep dive. Uh, starts out with the intro, which is a, uh, a lost art in heavy music nowadays. But no six. Like, it, it no was one an cared. intro. No one cared. If, like, if, if you had an intro, everyone was like, all right, let's hear it. Like, let's see what you got. Because that was like your your minute to like keep everyone's attention I'm low on whiskey <laughs> the uh, the intro started off heavy yeah very very classic 2000s I I put I, I don't mean this as an insult because it is their second album but I put 2000s local band that won a free record recording <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say that while I'm trying to swallow this? <laughs> oh, that's what she said. <coughs> mm. You got me there. <laughs> Thanks. Man, I'm pretty sure that went down the wrong tube and everything. <laughs> and while you have a sinus infection, yeah. my bad. It's okay. This is clearing out, <laughs> this is clearing out my lungs it's, now. It's just getting everything worked out. I'm just cleaning it. Uh, after the, but like it started heavy, 
and then went into like that tappy yeah like melodic like that, that melodic like, like build that 2000 to 2007 era tap like I, I wrote for dire life's sake vibes yeah like it just had that like that noodly i don't know weedly definitely wasn't what i was expecting after the way it started yeah um and i mean it, it was, it was kind of short and kind of jumped right in to the second track you're not aware uh very very throaty throaty vocals it was it was melodic and nostalgic to me mm-hmm. the way it sounded i wrote melodic it reminded it reminded me of like early Silverstein meets early Atreyu. Yeah, yeah. Like that, like that, you know, like strain kind of screen, like where they haven't perfected their vocals yet, because you know Silverstein and Atreyu, like their first albums, you're like, oh yeah, because you're young, and when you listen to it and you're older, it's like sounds very strained. But their newer albums after that, they're like, got, hon- like crisper. Yeah, honed in on like their their tone and were able to do it better but it reminded me of that kind of scramsy yeah if you will he did a lot of talking too um which was like the the thing not like spoken word talking but it was just like talking some some of the lyrics um i and like it went into like a palm mute part which i feel like live it would have been heavier but on the recording, it was just like almost like too compressed and too quiet. Yeah. So it kind of gave it like a pop rock kind of sound, um, which was it, it. It threw me off. But then the, I guess the guitarist or so someone else had some like vocal parts, and his were like, it's like the guitarist had done vocals longer than their vocalist had. <laughs> the the deeper uh, yeah, scream dude, yeah. yeah. I couldn't. Fi- I tried to figure out who did the backing vocals, but uh, you know, for such a short lifespan of a band, is you know hard to find a lot of information yeah. about. I mean, the song just kind of like drops and like fades out, gets it a little soft. Has some solid drum feels though. Yeah, he he was moving. Tyler, I hope you're still in a band somewhere. Yeah. So that's like some of those feel. I was just like, yes, like not often like the drummer stands like you know like musically it's like yeah you're okay but the drum you're just like get it yeah get it i honestly never <clears> even <throat> thought about it but like the whole record i never was bothered once by the drums and that's i feel like that's it that's was, kind of solid. rare yeah i i wish i would have thought about that and like appreciated it more because i just now it's just like you know like i, I didn't really have any like oh man i wish like the, he would have done the, this. Yeah, or... this was better, but I mean, I feel like he was right on the whole time. Well, that brings us to track three, Our Air to Breathe. Sounds super familiar. Just like, not like a, that they ripped someone off, but like you said, like that that nostalgic, like just this this style of music in heavy. You, you could tell they wore their influences on their sleeve. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's just not common anymore. Like... Like, if a band like this was around now, they would have broken out into, like, either, like, a crazy, crazy heavy, like, unannounced deathcore breakdown, or they would have jumped into singing. And I just love that this band didn't. Um, there was a band, a, a band that was around, um, around this time called Catherine, 
Do you remember them? Mm-hmm. And they were very much like they were like Anamkara or Anamkara or uh, Iraq Mana, um, and they, but they like were on Rise Records, so like their recordings were a little bit more polished. And they, were, I mean, it's so sick. Like I would love to hear a record like this, re, like re-recorded and remastered by yeah. Alan Douches now. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was gonna say the same thing. Like if this was like remastered and whatnot, it would probably like fucking slap. Yeah, it it really would. And like a, a lot of like the lyric styles too, because like this whole song's very like positive, like very like haste the day esque to me. Um, and I I just loved it. It also had uh, had some group chants that were actually catchy <laughs> and didn't weren't weren't monotone like the last episode. Stand, fight. The like, city is ours. Like everyone put their all in. Like you could you could tell, like everyone that screamed in the in the group chants. I'm saying chants, but you know, like they were all screaming. It wasn't like, oh, oh. it was, ah. but. It was very uh, like energetic and. It was in the vein of a uh, comeback kid. Yes, I I referenced comeback kid uh, in a song. Uh, I think a couple tracks from now, but like this whole band was very like re- reminiscent of that, and like especially the end of this song, uh, like the the guitar cording and like the progressions was like very much like. Haste today influence like Silverstein, like you said. I, I didn't even think about Silverstein until you said it earlier. Main, mainly, uh, what album was that? When Broken is Easily Fixed, Silverstein. Yeah. Like that, just like strained screen. Like, you know, they were young. He was trying, but it's still good. Mm-hmm. It's weird that Silverstein is still a band. Like, not that they shouldn't be, but they were just like that style of music. And they somehow like stayed afloat through all like the changes and everything. I mean, I was never really a big fan after the like I liked "Smile in Your Sleep" that single, but I didn't really like uh, "My Heroine." Wasn't no. that there? I just didn't. That kind of lost I kinda, me. I kind of I kind of quit listening to him after uh, discovering the waterfront. Yeah, yeah. That's, th- that's I when think I found that's "Smile in Your Sleep." That's, I, I feel that like that's when they found their their true style and sound Mm -hmm. and then after that they just kind of started trying to go towards more mainstream type stuff that they didn't need to do Mm -hmm. but you know trying to make money i get i get it i guess but at the same time i mean they're a post-hardcore band paying the bills so true so track four consequence of being irrational nice uh nice song title so far um it's that classic, uh, really long song title. <laughs> yeah, but what what's weird is like, they say the song title in almost every song, so that's almost like, cause I feel like Under Earth kind of like, like overused their ability to have a song title. They had like that. I got ten friends in a crowbar that says you ain't gonna do jack, and like, never would they say that. But like this band's kind of like combining both of them. I. I, I, feel like, I feel like Maylene would have. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Speaking of, did you see? Uh-huh, I did. Oh. I'm so excited. I'm I'm really happy for Dallas, too, because I, I don't know if any, anyone listening knows, or the five people <clears> listening <throat> knows, uh, like, Maylene, they're 
like vocalist got in like a really bad ATV accident years ago, and has been pretty much incapacitated. Um, Long road to recovery. So it's just Maylene's recording a video and a new single, or is it a full album or just a video? Uh, it's hard. It's hard to tell because they like to hand at one thing, and then you know they'll probably just be like, Haha, "Fuck you! Here's a whole yeah. album." What? What if it was just like a new updated cover of like Tough as John Jacobs? I would still blast it. I would <laughs> yeah, go, I would same. go buy a pickup truck, drive it into a lake <laughs> while chugging PBR. <laughs> yeah. And just windmilling the whole time. Oh, that's great. With my beard. And then I would catch a fish with my beard. <laughs> because that's what you goddamn do when you listen to Maylene. You catch a fish with your beard. Yeah, just throw a hook on it. But that's why I haven't shaved in a while. I'm just dip it in the ready. water. I'm just getting ready for the summer. Come on, Maylene. <laughs> but, um, so, consequence of being irrational. Um, pinch harmonics. Yeah, lots of pinch harmonics, but, like, <laughs> melodic pinch harmonics. Like, not, not like, boom, 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 wah, boom, 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 wah, like that, that 2000s, like, no, <laughs> like, Norma Jean Chariot thing that got started. No, it, it's, it's like, more, more of the metal style of pinch harmonics, like, you know like the trying to think of a good example but i can't so we're just going to move on what's funny though is halfway through this song i was kind of like like expecting expecting this record to be heavier um and i was like okay and then literally right after i wrote that down like two minutes 40 seconds uh pretty unexpected especially for my headspace at the time a breakdown came and it was great um so i think they delivered really well on the timing of that just as far as the album goes was, was it the breakdown with like the classic little tappy thing yes, over yes it? yeah he, the, uh, another thing about the drummer his footwork stood out in this song like yep. it, like it was clean like like just like oh <laughs> you get it boy go tyler but yeah it was that classic like tappy thing while like over a chug breakdown it's just irreplaceable it did end weird though yeah i a lot of my only like complaints with this whole record is the way they end their songs is very not expected or just not like unconventional like i feel like it like it ended on that tappy part that they were playing on the breakdown but it didn't end on the last note of the tappy part. <laughs> yeah, like it ended almost like off count. Yeah, like like you're sitting there bobbing your head and it just stops and you're like, like what? and you bob your head after it's done. You're like, oh, that's you're like wait, wait, that's that's where it should have ended. But on the track five, the freaking title track, "Ready to Live." Uh, weird group chants started this song out like they weren't bad it was just like a weird place for them i guess um but the, at least the, it wasn't boring chance like nothing till blood oh god so true the, the, this song for me is what is where i felt like the most comeback kid like feet like feelings um i wrote melodic goodness reminds me of everything i used to listen to growing up yeah absolutely um, it it was a solid track overall, though. Um, I'm not, I very rarely do I find noteworthy things in title tracks of records, but this one at least wasn't bad. Um, 
So I guess move on to track six. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, di- I didn't write anything for this one. <laughs> <laughs> for track six? Yeah, I, di- I didn't write anything for track six. <laughs> I was listening to it, but I was also, uh, I decided to jump back into a lobby on Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's one way to do it. Yeah. Well, in that case, track six was closer. Marshall didn't write anything. Um, no, but if you want to get closer and catch all this smoke, meet me on <laughs> Vanguard Call of Duty. Oh, my gosh. Unofficial sponsor. I, um, have, I have a clan. <laughs> did you see uh, Dire Murder and After the Burial? Yes. Their new tour. Uh, it's called like, Back from the Gulag. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a Call of Duty reference? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure that's from Warzone. Yeah, because that's like the the place you go when you die. <laughs> you yeah, die. Yeah, it's basically hell. You got to fist fight somebody, then you got to shoot somebody, and then it gets and, you and then one you more can, chance. Yeah, you can go back in or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't play it that often because I'm a multiplayer person and I like shooting a lot of people, <laughs> not dying every chance I spawn. Yeah, um, but closer, honestly, like the song felt a little slower. There was like a nice heavy breakdown at the end. Is it end. closer or closer? Ooh. See? That's <laughs> freaking English, man. Gotta love English. Um, It was fine. It was honestly like I, it could have been a 10-track album for all I care. Um, but... And it could have been a 9-track album because <laughs> I didn't yeah. write... Uh, I'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, track 7, It's Not Too Late. Um, I, I, They said this song name in the song so many times and it, it just bugs me i don't know why it's not their fault it's nobody's fault i just don't like it like i don't like mayo on burgers i don't like people saying their song names and the thing so it had a nice little bass slide in it one of those yeah type thing. Um, this i think that's around whenever i wrote that this song seems like a little bit more complex than the rest of the album like maybe it was written like later on in the process um like maybe one of the newer songs on the record because if anyone knows how smaller bands like this work or at least my impression is you have a bunch of songs and you have to record a record so you write a couple more yep and sometimes those newer ones sound way different yeah it had decent back and forth vocals um like between the two whoever was doing the other vocals i don't know I'm assuming one of the other four members. Mm-hmm. But um, around like the three-minute mark, it had like a nice little build. That's all I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was fine. You know, it, it wasn't a standout track. It wasn't a... But it wasn't like... I'm trying to think of... Any of the really bad bands we've covered. It wasn't 121. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. It wasn't 121, so I wasn't like, ugh. I was just like, ah, eh, that's fine. Um, track eight. Don't look back. Nice opening riff. Fast. Fast chuggies. Um, I wrote fast chuggies. Fast little baby chuggies. Um, good, that- good, good back and forth. It was vocals? like it was melodic, but it had the, it was that like that dissonant melodic where it's like I don't know how to describe those chords. 
You know what I'm talking about. It's not like a dissonant chord. It was just like... It's kind of like a power chord, but they added an extra thing into it. See, this is why I should have paid attention in uh, music theory and stuff. But no, I just had to just play and not learn technical terms. It definitely made me realize how distorted the recording was when they did the faster uh, chugs. Because it couldn't really like like catch each like hit not bad but it was just like kind of like reminded me 2006 um the song was a little formulaic like overall but the end that breakdown yeah the end was pretty dang heavy like in my opinion the rest of the record is like heavy yeah Um, starting like at this point like because it's it gets really heavy, and like this, this was like a great little step down into that. Yeah, that that breakdown at the end was pretty nasty. Well, that brings us to track nine, "Thief in the Night." Tremolo pick intro. Tremolo, tremolo, tremolo. One string ditty. Tremolo. One string ditty. That was a one string ditty, whether you want to admit it or not. <laughs> No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. It was one string. He just tremolo picked it. That's what tremoloing is. No shit, Mark. <laughs> I'm a drummer, It was still okay? one. It was still on one string. One string ditty. One string ditty. But then, but then it went into that that as I lay dying riff that was slow. Bro, bro. <laughs> Old as LA dying, and then I said feels, and then put major influence. Let's go. <laughs> but it was slow. It was slow it as was. LA dying. Oh my gosh! I love that you said that. <laughs> We've so probably the first like thirty. <coughs> I'd probably say thirty-eight or thirty-nine of the forty episodes that we had, we listened to the Th- records together. Together. And these last two, um, we've listened to them apart and. It's been fun because we, it's scary how we write the same things. Not just like, oh, that was a breakdown, but like, like band influences and like, we highlight the same parts. So you'd think we've been in a band for 10 years. We have. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I mean, hey, how many other people can say they've been in a band for 10 years with the exact same members? That's true. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Looking at you, every other band. Just kidding. But I'm not. But it was an Azalea Dying riff, but slow. Yeah, way slower. But then they, then it went into that upbeat, melodic, hardcore riff. Yes. And, and that, that's, that's what reminded me, and like the vocal, there was a line that he said, I can't remember what it was, but that's what made me think of When Broken Is Easily Fixed, because it was that song off of that album, uh, what is it, My Heart Bleeds No More, or yeah, something like my that. There, there was like a line, more. there was like a line that he said where it like had that kind of, that like choppy, that, that cadence to it, and I was just like, that's why it reminds me of that. <laughs> yeah. Um. And like they had like a nice choppy, bouncy breakdown too towards the end. Um, this to me, track nine was my favorite. Um, it was a little slower and a bit of an Azalea Dying ripoff, but I still really liked it. So track it, ten. Oh wait, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say like 
back to my when broken is easily fixed comment it reminds me of that but on a more hardcore side yeah you know just because of the, some of the like breakdowns and riffs but anyway that's all i was going to say so that brings us to track 10 hear me out arf, I, arf. I didn't write anything um the it sounded like he was upset at his girlfriend yeah the vocal delivery at the beginning felt forced it, it just didn't feel right um and then they had a really nice breakdown at the end, and it kind of just bummed me out because he just talked the whole time during it. That's why. That's why like I said it was it, a waste. That's why I said it sounded like he was mad at his ex girlfriend. <laughs> she thinks of you when I'm not here, or not whatever the line was. Like, <sighs> she cheating on you, bro? It sucks because that you song okay? was so heavy. And uh, <laughs> <sighs> I guess track eleven. Track 11. Just reassure me that everything is okay. That's the title right there. Yeah. it. This song felt like the last song on the record. Um, it just... It was just kind of like calm, melodic, and like fading. It never really felt... That, no, there was... Around, what was it? It was around one minute. Around the one minute mark, they like sped up that riff out of nowhere. Like, and it it didn't it didn't really fit. It was like, what the fuck was that? You just like jumped up and tempo. Was, and... Yeah, it was just like, and then they went back, but then they went into that classic dissonant riff. Yes. But like the, you know, like the actual dissonant riff, like the dun dun dun, like that kind of shit. But it was really slow. It was slow, but then they went in to what I felt like they should have done more throughout the album it went into that soft pick part where it wasn't distorted like it was you could it was a little too low in the mix but you could tell there was a little bit of delay a little bit of reverb just some feeling it was it was was pretty probably would come through really well live and there should have been more parts like that on the the whole album in my opinion because like it I don't know. It just—it was like a nice little reprieve from just a straight, like, but you know, um, once again, yeah, thank you. I'm I'm just a sucker for those pretty bitch parts. (laughs) And uh, how to know if you own a Strymon pedal? mm Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, according to Shane, I need to get some Boss pedals because that motherfucker got tone. That's true. He really does. But like, yeah, there should have been more parts like that throughout the album. Yeah, I feel like it could have made the. I don't know. There's something, just something about that. Like, the end of this song is what I like the most about the whole album. <laughs> but, but <laughs> that was the shortest clap ever. That's all I guess. <laughs> but uh, on the. Like the way it faded out, the guitar that was still playing the pretty part, because mm-hmm. you know, like they went back into the chug and stuff, but they had that pretty part in the background, but it was so low that you couldn't really hear it. But I feel like that would like that amped up a little bit would have made that chug part hit yeah. on a more emotional level just based off of the way that the other guitar sounded. I don't know. That's just my opinion. No, I. I mean, uh, overall, like, this was probably a band that was probably 
absolutely killer live. Um, and it was just, they just prospered more in like the live setting with half stacks turned all the way up, like crate half stacks completely at max. Um, Hmm. Um, I would, I probably wouldn't like go and listen to it on its own, but I would love to, I would love to hear this like album remixed and remastered. Yeah. Like, especially like, cause, I mean, if you think about it, you know, granted, yes, there are albums that came out around this same time frame that sound phenomenal. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. Cause that's when like, this is only, uh, they're only chasing safety came out. Bless the Martyr, Kiss the Child came out around this time. Um, so, I mean, there's just a lot, a lot of, like, really heavy hitters out right now. So, I, I could definitely see how a band like this could get buried just because of what was out at the time. But, yeah, I think I think a remixed, remastered version would probably hit pretty fucking hard. Or, hell, even just be like, hey, find all the band members, make them re-record it. Yeah. As adults now, because you can, you can tell that they were young. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was definitely some, like, tempo drops that probably shouldn't have been in there that they just couldn't, like, like fix with the technology at the time. Because nowadays, you can tap a tempo in and fix a guitar riff in the middle of it. And that was just, you pretty much had one take. Um, yeah, overall, not a bad album. Very, very nostalgic. Definitely took me back to my growing up skateboarding all the time and being one of the five metalheads in my hometown. (laughs) Well, that brings us to our next segment. Yitter. YouTube recommendations. YouTube recommendationed. Recommended. I've actually liked liked doing these because a lot of the time it's... Most of the time, it's stuff we haven't heard, or like some, something totally random, like like what's in it today. Like I'm gonna watch our second recommendation after this because I'm just so curious as to what's. Oh, going you haven't on. seen? I've actually seen that video. Oh, really? Yeah. I well, mean, let's let's get it, into it then. It had like six million <laughs> views. Uh, so the first one was uh, Coheed and Cambria, uh, their music video for the Pavilion. Number two was Modest Yahoo. Joins cafe or cafe joins coffee shop performer on the song One Day. So cool. It's good. And that video had like six million views. It's wild. Um, number three is see, this was one. It's just like I haven't heard this song Random. forever. Eddie Vedder, uh, his single is it Society? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, YouTube, you're weird. Well, that brings us to, um... Band of the Week! Week, week, week. Week. My Band of the Week is more so because of a song release. Oh, God damn it! If we have the same one, I'm going to punch you. <laughs> Go ahead and say it. It's, pro- it's probably not, but still. It's probably not. Um, because it is, it's a band that's still around. They're still putting out good music, but the song they put out is, like, phenomenal. And to me, exactly what I would want them to release now. It's The Devil Wears Prada 
Oh, okay. 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 They they released a a single called Watchtower, and it's literally like the sound from like Plagues and the With Roots Above album, but like definitely more grown up, more tough, and like it had like a singing chorus, but it was like really power. Oh, it's so good. Um, I've like stayed. Stayed liking them, um, and their last album, The Act, I think that's what it was called, was like, it was heavy, but it wasn't like metalcore or anything. It wasn't that the one that they had that cover on, though? Yeah. Yeah, that cover's fucking sick. It really is. Um, the Julian Baker cover. Yes. And, uh, so they were kind of like steering away from like the the metalcore, deathcore side, but the single is worth a listen. What's yours? Ooh. All right. Mine is a not real band. But technically they are a real band because a real band pretended to be this band to pa- make this music. Powerline? Dream Widow. Oh, yeah. It is uh, Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. He huh. has a new horror comedy movie coming out. Oh, yeah. Uh Studio 666. Yeah, yeah. I really want to go see that. Well, the band that's in that is called Dream Widow. So him and the other Foo Fighter boys came together and wrote a full fucking album for the movie. And they put out a single recently. And it is thrash-tastic metal. Really? Yeah, it's straight straight metal. Is it metal. like singing? Or is no, it... it is fucking metal. It's like, screaming? Like, yes. Like Dave Grohl screaming? Yes. <gasps> What? It is awesome. It is awesome. That's amazing. It has it has some old school thrash death metal vibes. Like oh, you, you're I just like wait. I want to see. I wasn't gonna go see it in theaters because they didn't have it in like the big D, um, and it's gonna be like the small theater. But I think now I'm gonna have to go see it just because it's heavier. Oh, dude. Uh, like I said, apparently they recorded a whole album for for the movie alone, and the movie features all of them in it. That's so sick. And I'm pretty sure it's going to probably feature some other metal musicians. I'm excited. Like Carrie King. Oh, it's for Slayer? Yeah. That's Bald Guy, right? Yeah. Pretty sure he's in it. That's so sick. It wouldn't, honestly, I mean, just because of Dave Grohl's connections, you, you would imagine. Like, yeah, I mean, like, like, oh, you're making a metal, you're making a metal themed horror comedy. Yeah, I'll be a part of that. Yeah. Like, why, why wouldn't you? I heard it's gotten good, like, I I think I had, like, an 82 on Rotten Tomatoes uh, this afternoon. It's it's funny you're talking about it, because I've seen posters for it and knew it was Foo Fighters-based, but didn't really know anything about it. But today, I, like, read up on it and watched the trailer and was like, oh, this actually seems like something I want to see. And so it's, is it out yet? Or No. It comes out this week, is it? Come, it uh, ooh, I think, I think Friday? Yeah, Thursday or Friday. That's sick. Some, 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 sometime soon. But nice. it's a, like, it's, I don't know. We'll have to ch- check it out after this episode. I want to hear it. Trust me, you're, you're going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> so good. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. Well, that brings us uh, to everyone's favorite segment. Not everyone's, but Mark's. This segment is known as Snaps for Wade. We have awoken the beast from his slumber. He is now... Roaring and rowling. 
<laughs> I just went with it. I knew I fucked it up. He's growing that. and rowling. That's what he does. He's Wade. He grows and rowls. You ain't never growed. You ain't lived. I'm telling you, I've growed like You ain't twice. ready to live. <laughs> just like this album. <sighs> this album was ready to live, but I think it came out before its time. Yeah. Or not before its time. It just needs better quality. Yeah, just a little bit better quality. I thought you farted, dude. I was no. like, what the fuck? Well, we have two hate mails this week. Thank you. Not you, B-Mills. Well, this one's from B-Mills, so. <laughs> What'd he say? Oh, my God, a lot. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to read it fast. I'm going to fumble over some words, but I'm going to read it fast. The title of the, me- <laughs> the message is, Nothing Till But. <laughs> All right. B-Mill says, People probably think I hate Mark, and truth is, Mark is my boy. I just love busting his balls. Truth be told, Mark is one of the only people I've met through music who has actually stayed in touch with me and actually gives a damn about me. And yes, Mark, I do enjoy being talked about. Because the damn band I started who happens to be on the level yard cover and sure as hell doesn't talk to me. Ooh, damn. He's not bitter. Meadows. I said I added that. Sorry. They did a podcast a few months ago and got asked about how the band started and totally skipped the part about having an original vocalist and made up a lame story about the name. That's fucking whack. I'm sorry that happened. Oh, man. Actually, I remember you telling me that happened. That's pretty fucking stupid. That sucks. We'll have you on for their episode, and we can get all the real details out there to the world. How about that, B-Mills? Anyway, that's a conversation for another podcast. Yeah, ours, on their episode. I love you, Mark, and thank you for staying my friend, and after all these years, buddy. I got you, B-Mills. Now to the episode at hand. Nothing Till Blood were a B-Ham favorite for years. Mm-hmm. I liked them better when they were aimed for the day. Remember when I said that was her? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, their original with their original vocalist. Shout out to Alan Isson, Ison. I don't know. When Amadeus joined, I kind of lost interest, but others liked his vocals. There was an EP before this album, and his vocals were pretty bad on it. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. If what I remember is correct, apparently Justin of the Great Commission taught him how to use his diaphragm, and he changed his vocals for this album. And the band oh. bragged about how good it was to each to each their own, I suppose. Oh, that's cool. The Great Commission was a good band. And yes, they absolutely wanted to be for today. <laughs> wanted to be Gideon too. Hell, Amadeus got kingdom-minded tattoo on his head, on his head. Whoa! I bet he regrets that now. It's funny. Marshall joked about them going to the basement with Maddie because Maddie became a pastor at the church in Mobile, and a few of the members and their third vocalist who joined when Amadeus left all joined the church, and boy, it was a cult. You keep mentioning the basement in the cult, and I need more info on this because it's really intriguing. I don't know if the I basement just, was like a venue or a church, but it it was one of those, and it was really popular. Which one was it, B-Mills? Was it a basement or a church or both, or was it a recording studio or all three? They used to decide things by praying to their leaders and let their leaders decide if it's what God wanted them to do. Hey. That's the, kind of, that's the kind of shit Maddie liked to preach back then. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. One of, my best, one of my best friends joined, too, and she used to tell me things that they practiced, and I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. 
Hmm. That's yes. We're definitely going to get you on for the Meadows episode when we get to it. Just because sounds like you got a bunch of insider info that the world should know. All in all, the album is pretty good despite the vocals. I'm just not a fan of his voice, but the music is fun and really gets it. They put out an album. They put out an album after this with their third singer that I recommend. Nice. Um, if it's on Face Down, we'll probably get to it. If it's not, I don't really give a shit. That brings us to our second email. This one is from Griffin Offerdahl. The title is Rude Ass Trick Ass Dick Ass. You said Dick. Hey. Oh. Uh, Griffin said, how dare you motherfuckers leave me for so long, killed my entire weekly ritual. I hope you all stub your peepees on the corner of a wall. Love you cuties. (laughs) Thank you, Griffin. (laughs) I really appreciate Marshall saying the word peepees Peepees. for me. I'm surprised you said dick. That doesn't bother me as much. I remember... Years ago, back at the Gay Street house, we were sitting in the living room, chilling, and you said something about a bucket of dicks, and everyone lost their shit. (laughs) Because it was the first time... We were probably playing Mortal Kombat. It was the first time you said anything remotely (laughs) cuss-wordy-ish. You're like, that's a bucket of dicks! And we're like, yes! (laughs) He has joined the dark side! (laughs) Oh... Um, thanks to both of y'all for, for writing in. Um. Yeah, no shit. I, I do have like a, I mean, we have, we have some folks writing in, so I would just like to know if anyone listens or has listened to, uh, any of our band of the weeks, like maybe it's a band you haven't heard of. I'd love to know anyone's thoughts, uh, especially something like, cause I know more so Marshall than me, um just shouting out bands that are really small and stuff. Um, but yeah, let us know if you uh, check out the band of the week and hate it and love it or indifferent. Um, or just like Gr- Griffin, just want to let us know that we're bad boys. And we ruined your weekly ritual. Yeah, I mean, but like, thankfully we're back. We're back. We're getting there. Sorry, it's uh, been a little... Slow starting, but you know, that's how shit goes sometimes. Yeah. We're both grown ass fucking adults. We have wives. We have We have wives, we have lives. You know, right. jobs, bills. Mm. Other shit we like to do. But yes. also the podcast. We're always talking about it and always thinking about you. You're in our hearts. Forever and always. And always and forever. Amen. And if you want to find us if you want to talk to us, if you want to reach us, if you want to hate us, if you want to love us, you can email us, saveyourselfpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on the socials such as Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Save Yourself Pod. And if you want to touch Mark's butt, message us. Yeah. I can make it happen. Come through. You know? Maybe I'll, surprise I'll, me. I'll get him to make you a smash burger. I will. I will. It's going to charge you seven twenty-five. <laughs> Y'all have a great week.
And until next time, fuck off! <laughs>